Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. So in this series, we're talking about temptation, and temptation is kind of a risky subject to talk about. It's pretty hard to talk about. And in fact, many of you right now, there may be that reoccurring temptation that's already in your life that just seems to plague you. Maybe you've got something over you that you just feel like you just can't get rid of and that no matter what you do, you, it just seems like you just can't stop. And you begin to say different things like this. I, I, I've heard people say things like this. Well, I, I was tempted and I just had to do it. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I just had to do it. I just couldn't resist. Or, or a lot of people like to say, you know what, this is just the way that I am. This is just who I am. And I just can't change. I tried to change, but it just really didn't work. And people like to say all of those things, but what we've learned, and we're, we're repeating this scripture every week in this series, is from 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we've learned that our God is what? Say it with me. Our God is faithful. And he is so faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide, say it with me, a way out so that you can endure it. The good news about our good God is, is that every time we are tempted, I'm telling you, not just sometimes, but every time we are tempted to do something wrong, he always, always, always provides a way out. And that's the God that I serve, and that's what gets me excited in the morning, is that no matter what I'm facing, no matter how big the temptation may be, there is always a way out. No matter if I want to criticize all the time, no matter if I'm constantly comparing, some of that that's connecting with you this morning, no matter how much I worry, no matter how much I feel like I'm addicted to social media, there is a way out, amen? There is a way out of your gambling, there is a way out of your gaming, your sweets, and, and, and studies say even this, and this is the tough topic to talk about, right, is that many of you sitting in here probably have some sort of sexual addiction, and that's so many people have these different addictions and we think that we're just bound by it so and we just can't we've tried to get away from it we've tried to get out but what we learned in this scripture is that there no matter what we are facing there is always always a way out and the challenge is is that so often so many of us we think you know okay I'm gonna, I want to stop doing this. Whatever, insert your temptation. I really just want to stop doing this thing. And so what do we think whenever we try to stop doing this thing? We think inwardly in our mind, we think, well, I need to stop thinking about this. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever tried to stop thinking about something? Like, man, I really, really, really don't want to think about blank. Let me give you an example. Uh, may, may, maybe, you, uh, <laughs> maybe you were like, man, uh, I, actually, let's, let's just do this. I'm gonna, we're going to play a little game. Everybody close your eyes. Close your eyes. Now don't peek. All right, just close your eyes. I'm watching. I'm watching. Let, let's do this. Don't think about a pink elephant. Don't think about a pink elephant. Don't think about a pink elephant. Open your eyes. What are you thinking about? A pink elephant, right? <laughs> that, that, that's what happens. There's so many of us, that's how we try to battle temptation. We're like, okay, don't think about a pink elephant. 
Don't think about chocolate cake and vanilla ice cream, right? Don't think about chocolate cake and vanilla ice cream. Or some of us, it might be, don't think about that girl in a bikini, right? Don't think, and then all of a sudden, your mind, it's like the girl in the bikini is eating chocolate ice cream and riding on a pink elephant. And so, and so something is just bad wrong, right? And so, and so many of us, that's the way our minds work. And we try to we try to battle temptation by just saying, you know what, I don't need to think about this. But, but that often, that's not the way, that's not the best way to battle temptation. In fact, Scripture teaches us that that is actually one plan of attack, but it also shows us that we are to dwell on good things. And so Scripture shows us that instead of just talking and not trying to think about the bad things, we're supposed to be thinking about good things. We're supposed to be thinking about Good, godly things. And so that's what we're going to learn today. And I'm going to show you the scriptures from, from Galatians 5, verse 16. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And so we've got flesh, and we've got our sinful nature. They're constantly battling. They never want the same thing. Our flesh and our sinful nature, they are constantly at war against each other. But Scripture says this, that the, uh, uh, in the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And so many of us, we feel like we're in this place this morning, and we feel a little bit like Paul. If you know a little bit about Paul, you, you understand him when he talks in Romans 7. Some of you, you need to go home and, and read Romans 7. But Paul basically says this in Romans 7. Paul says, I don't understand what I'm doing in life. I don't understand. What I want to do, I don't do it, right? What I really want to do, I don't do it. And, and, and what I want to do, I, I, what I want to do, I don't do it. But what I don't want to do, I do it. And so Paul has this struggle where he's constantly battling this, 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 spirit, uh, this, this spiritual desire against his fleshly desire. And he's like, man, there is just some things that I want to do that I don't do, but all the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And so many of us, we're just like Paul there. Where, uh, so, some of us, we go home and we're like, man, I really want to read my Bible, but I just don't have time and I just don't end up doing it. Or some of us were like, I want to get out of debt, but those shoes were on sale and I wanted to save money too. And, uh, <laughs> and some of us were like, I really just want to exercise. And I, you know what? I'm going to go exercise in the morning, but there's a 10% chance of rain. So I guess I can't do it anymore, right? And so, so many of us, we're, 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 we live like that. And that's some funny examples. But, but for some of us, it's a little bit more serious. We're some of us, we don't want to lose our temper, but we ended up throwing the, that shoe at our spouse, right? Or we, <laughs> or we don't want to eat too much. Instead, we ate, we ate the whole bag of chips, right? If you were here last week, you learned that, that we eat the whole bag of chips. Like, what happened there? And some of us, we're, we're even more serious to where it's like, man, I just don't want to sleep with my boyfriend again, but it just happened, right? It just happened. And so many of us, we're in those, we're, we're constantly battling the spiritual desire and the sinful nature, this fleshly desire. And so why is this such a struggle? Why do we have such a struggle with this battle between spirit and flesh? Here's, here's the reason what I believe is, is this. What you feed grows. Whatever you feed is going to grow. 
And in contrast to that, what you starve dies. What you feed grows, but what you starve dies. And so I'll give you some obvious examples. If you feed yourself, you're going to grow, right? Some of us grow upwards, some of us grow outwards, right? And <laughs> that, that's how that works. If you feed, if you feed yourself, you're going to grow. If you starve yourself, you're going to what? You're going to die, right? That's what's going to happen. If you feed a plant, the plant is going to what? Grow. If, it, if you starve the plant, the plant is going to? Exactly. And so sometimes, sometimes they just die at my house anyway, uh, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with them. But uh, anyway, if you, if you feed something, it grows. So, so if we put it in a spiritual level, if you feed your sinful desires, your sinful desires will grow but if you starve your sinful desires, your sinful desires will die. And so, when you feed your spirit, your spirit grows stronger. In fact, I would say this, that your intimacy with God increases. As you, as you feed your spirit, your intimacy with God increases, and there is power in you to overcome the desires of the flesh. Whenever you, feed, whenever you start feeding your spirit, you get this power so that you can overcome their fleshly desires. And so today we're looking at, instead of just saying things like, you know what, no, 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 no. I, 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 can't, I can't think about these things anymore. I don't want to think about these things anymore. Instead of doing that, we're going to change what we're going to do, and we're just going to start feeding our spirit more than we feed our flesh. And so because if we feed our spirit more than we feed our flesh, it's going to grow, and the fleshly nature is going to die so that your spirit can win the war between the battle of spirit and flesh. And so today, we're talking about something super simple. The title's going to be on the screen. It says this, Overcoming the Appetites of Flesh. We're going to learn how can we overcome the appetites of flesh. How can we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to get us free from those sinful desires that we end up giving into? And this morning... I've just got really two simple thoughts for you, and, uh, and then, it, then we're going to be finished. And so here is the first thought about overcoming the appetites of the flesh. Here's number one. You need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to stop here for a minute because every time that we say this Holy Spirit word, I feel like it means something different to everybody and that... And then nobody really understands, like if I would just talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, so many of us, we would think about so many different things. And, and maybe you're in this room this morning and you think, okay, I get it. I get that there's this Trinity thing, that, that there's God the Father. Most of us know who God the Father is. Most of us know who God the Son is, which is Jesus. We've seen a picture. We've seen a painting of Jesus before. But most of us, we don't really know what God the Holy Spirit is. Or some of us call it the Holy Ghost. And, and, we, just, and we just keep adding the, 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 the mystique to this. And, and so many of us, we're in here and we probably think that, you know, the Holy Spirit thing, I understand everything else, but the Holy Spirit thing is just a little bit confusing to me. Now I can tell you, it might be a bit confusing to you, but I can tell you this, that it's one of the greatest gifts that you will ever have. That if you don't use the power of the Holy Spirit then you're really missing out on some key different things. And, and let me preface this too, because it, it, a lot of people think that whenever we use the power of the Holy Spirit, so many people think that that just means like we're going we're gonna to fall over and tremble or we're going to speak in tongues. 
Now, it's not that I, I believe that that stuff can happen, but I don't, I, I don't think that that's the only thing the Spirit can do. In fact, whenever you study Scripture, you see that the Holy Spirit does so much more. In fact, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit your helper. It's called the helper. And, and so, and you're with the Holy Spirit, he, when Jesus left this earth, in fact, Jesus said this, that he is going to send us something better. He said he's going to send us a helper, which is called the Holy Spirit. And if you need to know anything about the Holy Spirit, understand this. The Holy Spirit is essentially this. It's God dwelling within you. It is God's Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And so whenever you really think about that, you have, some, you have a really, really powerful Spirit that lives in you. As a Christ follower, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. And so now, let's get to what does the Holy Spirit do? I talked a little bit about what some of the things that maybe you're familiar with the Holy Spirit doing, um, such as speaking in tongues. But here's some more, a little bit more practical things that the, I believe the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit can convict people. Have you ever felt like you've been convicted about something before? Maybe you started coming to church and you got convicted about, uh, what, maybe, it's, maybe it's just about you got convicted about church attendance. Maybe you feel like you should be at church. Maybe you feel like you should start tithing. Many people are convicted about, about tithing and giving. Um, some people are convicted about maybe, maybe the first time you accepted Jesus, you felt convicted that you needed to do that. We feel uh, the Holy Spirit gives us this conviction. Another thing the Holy Spirit does is it comforts us. And so I don't know if you've ever been in just a really bad situation, or maybe it's a really sad situation, or maybe you've been really upset before, and all of a sudden you get this supernatural peace over the situation. Have you ever experienced something like that? I've experienced it many times. And that peace, that's not just your mind, like it's not, it's not just you thinking, well, it's all going to be okay. It's the Holy Spirit giving you overwhelming peace. It's, it's overwhelming comfort that the Holy Spirit can give you. And many of you, maybe you've experienced that before and you didn't really relate it to the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, it also guides. The Holy Spirit will guide. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit has guided my life for a long time. There's been some times where I felt promptings from the Holy Spirit to do different things and I didn't do it and I wish I should have, right? And so many of, many of us, whenever we pray and we feel these promptings, that's really the Holy Spirit. He's guiding us. The Holy Spirit is called our counselor. And the Holy Spirit will prompt you. It's so great that maybe, maybe if, if you're like me, and hopefully I'm not the only one, but sometimes I'll go through, uh, whether maybe it's a drive-thru, Maybe I'm at McDonald's and I buy somebody's coffee behind me, right? And I feel prompted to do things like that. And that's just a silly example. I felt prompted all my life to do different things. Have you ever felt that way before? Has anybody ever felt prompted to do something? Maybe you feel prompted to say something to some person. Maybe you feel prompted to uh, just, just talk to somebody. Whatever it is, that's the power from heaven. That's the Holy Spirit that is prompting you to do things. And, and let me clear this up too. The Holy Spirit is not just an it. It's not just a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a he. It's God in spirit form. So the Holy Spirit is a he that dwells within you. And so whenever you're battling temptation, the good news is, is with temptation, you do not have to battle it on your own because you have a heavenly power to help you, in fact, that even dwells within you. And it's called the Holy Spirit. And many of you today you're going to tap into that power of the Holy Spirit. And I really do believe that with the help of God in spirit form, 
you can overcome the desires of your flesh. With the help of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome that temptation. In fact, Romans 8.12 says this, you have no obligation to do what your sinful desires urges you to do. What should you do with your, what, what do you do with your sinful desires? You have no obligation to follow them. You have absolutely no obligation to follow your sinful desires. And so maybe, uh, maybe you, you've been in high school before, maybe you're single with your girlfriend and you've got the urge to merge. You know what I'm talking about? Let me tell you, you have no desire, you have no obligation to follow those sinful desires. That's a silly example. But there's so many different temptations that are in you that you have no desire or you have no obligation to follow those desires. You do not have to follow those desires. You have absolutely no obligation to follow those desires. In fact, the verse goes on to say, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. You have no obligation to do what your simple desires urges you to do. I wonder how many of you would agree that sin, whenever we sin, for so many of us, it can be fun for just a little while. Would you just raise your hand, just, just participate? Whenever you've sinned before, how many of you, you've sinned and it's, it's been fun before? Come on, it's all right to, to raise your hand and participate in church. You, we've all done some bad things and it was fun, right? And look around. Listen, if, if, if somebody doesn't have their hands raised, either they're lying or they did it wrong, right? And so... <laughs> That's what happens. And so for, so for many of us, we, we do a sinful thing, and it's fun for a little bit. But then, here, here's what a couple people say, and I wrote this stuff down. Uh, so, someone, I found this online. Someone said this, sin thrills, and then it kills, right? Sin thrills, and then it kills. It fascinates, but then it assassinates. Many, or somebody, I, I, I heard a preacher say this before. He, he said, sin is like a sneeze. It feels good coming out, but then... There's snot everywhere, right? There, yeah, there's gross stuff everywhere. And so, it, so many of us, that's, that's what we do. Like, like we, we, we try to fill our desires with sin, which can internally make us happy just for a little bit, but then afterwards, it's just all over the place and we feel really bad about it. And, and maybe you're in here this morning and you're like, you know what, it's just, it's not that big a deal. It's just not that big a deal. Well, can I tell you, sin becomes a big deal. Maybe you've, done, maybe you've done just a little bit of sin and maybe you think that it's not that big a deal. But can I tell you, it may, it may not be a big deal when it starts, but sin grows when we don't confess it. And so whenever we sin and we just keep doing it and keep doing it over and over and over again, it grows because we're feeding that desire. And I just forgive me for just a second if I sound a little bit dramatic, but this is really, really true, and for so many of you, you probably experienced this, that really, sin will do this. Sin will kill your marriage. I don't know if you know that or not. Sin will kill your marriage. It will kill your intimacy with your children. In fact, it, it kills your intimacy with God. Can I tell you that sin kills your testimony? It kills everything that God wants to do within you. Can I tell you that it'll, it'll kill your finances? It'll kill your ability to have credibility. Sin kills. Sin kills so in so many different ways. And the good news is, is that we found out with Romans chapter 8, it says that we have no obligation to follow that. We have absolutely no obligation to do what your, what your sinful desires urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. 
But the verse goes on to say, but if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. What do we need to do? We need to put to death the deeds of our sinful nature. And many of you are here today, and you're going to tap into that power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to be by your own strength, but it's going to be by the strength of God's Spirit living within you that you're going to put to death. You're going to starve some temptation this morning that has been killing you for so long. I think it's interesting, as I was looking up different things for temptation and preparing this message, I came upon uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous website. Everybody knows what AA is, right? We've, we've probably heard of it once or twice I think the interesting thing, and I, I was looking this up, it's on their website, and, uh, and, 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 I've, and, and I saw different things on how, how they do this, but they, in AA, they have this prayer. And I think it's so interesting that I just want to read this to you, and some of you might think I'm a little bit crazy, that's all right, but I, I want to read what they, what they read in, in, in their little group here. They say this, we admit that we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. We have come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore our sanity. Who is that power greater than ourselves for a Christ follower? We believe that's Jesus, right? We believe that's God. We believe that's the Holy Spirit. We believe that, that is, it is the Spirit that is dwelling within us. And what I'm going to say to you right now, I, I really do believe that it's very true, and I, I think there are a few of you that right now when, when, we, when we repeat this prayer, that so many of you, I believe that you can have a breakthrough with this. This can be your breakthrough. In fact, if you've got message notes, I just want to encourage you to go ahead and grab those and, and look towards the bottom of the message notes. And I really do believe that if you participate in this activity, this will be the beginning of your healing. And so I made a version of a prayer that I think it would be great to pray off of this AA prayer, as silly as it may sound. But Here's our version of the prayer, and they're going to throw it on the screen. I would love for you to participate in this. I admit that I'm powerless over blank. I want you just for a second, just to stop right in the middle of this message and think, what temptation are you powerless over? What right now is defeating you at home? What right now is defeating you in the silence? Maybe somebody doesn't has no idea about. Write it in that blank right now. I admit that I am powerless over blank. And I believe that the, spirit, the power of the Spirit of God will heal me and make me whole. I'm going to give you a few more seconds just to write that down. Fill in that blank. I'm going to give you some examples. I admit that I am powerless over food. I admit that I am powerless over worry. So many of you, you're powerless over worry. I admit that I'm powerless over anger. Some of you, you're powerless over materialism. Some of you, you're, you're powerless over pot. <laughs> Some of you, you're powerless over sex. Some of you, you're powerless over pain medication. Some of you, you're powerless over alcohol. Some of you, you're powerless over smoking. Whatever the temptation may be, take a second and write it down. And can I tell you that you are only as strong as you are honest. So be honest with yourself. Really pray this prayer at home this week and say, I admit that I am powerless over blank. But I believe that the, by, by the power of the Spirit of God, He will heal me and He will make me whole. And I don't want to be here for too long, but for some of you right now, I really do believe that this is the moment. This is it. 
where you can admit what you've been covering up for so long. And, and can I tell you that what remains covered up will not heal. If you keep your sin and your temptation covered up, I can promise you it will not heal. Get it out in the open. Get it out in the open. I admit that I am powerless over blank. I believe that the power of the Spirit of God will heal me, make me whole. That's the first part of today's message. Here's the second part. Here's the second blank. Today we're going to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We're going to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And this comes from Galatians 5, verse 24 through 25. It says this, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What are they doing here? Essentially what they're doing is, is what we said at the beginning. They're starving their flesh. They're starving their sinful desires. They're putting it to death. They're crucifying, in fact, it says, their sinful desires. And it goes on to say, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so if you walk with the Spirit, you will not do the desires of your sinful nature. And so how do we learn to walk in the Spirit of God? For so many of us, it's so difficult for us to understand what it means to actually walk in the Spirit of God. How do we actually walk with God? How do we do that? Here's a couple of different things that you can jot down in your notes. How do we walk with the Spirit of God? We spend time with Him. We get to know Him through His Word. In fact, one of the things that really changed my life forever, and I asked a very similar question to one of my pastors, and I said, you know, how, how, do, I get, how do I get to know God? Like, God isn't speaking to me. And his answer was, and it's, it's so profound, I hope that you get something out of it. It changed my life forever. He said, I don't know if you know this or not, but the primary way that God speaks to you is through His Word. It's through the Bible. If you're desperate and you're in need for God to speak to you, how about you crack open the thing that He wrote for you, right? How about you, you read His Word? And I can tell you that when I understood that, and when I started reading the Bible on a personal level, when I got personal with the Bible and I took every word, every word for certain, and I believed that it all applied to me, I, I read my Bible totally different. And it changed my life. And through His Word, He was speaking to me. God's primary way to speak to you is through His Word. It's already wrote. It's already there. It's already, you already have access to it. And so, you can, how do you stay in step with God? You get to know Him through His Word. You can listen for Him. And can I tell you that over time, you will probably begin to recognize that God is actually prompting you. He's actually leading you. He's actually guiding you. He's actually get, is telling you things to do. And can I tell you that the more that you mature in your relationship with God, the more that you'll recognize that God is telling you to go this way, and He's telling you to go this way. He's leading me. He's trying to say this to me. He's prompting me to do this. He's telling me to take my mind off of this. He gave me this verse. Maybe, you're, maybe you, in your devotional, you just felt like whatever day it was that you read your devotional, you felt like that verse was for you. That's actually God trying to speak to you. Maybe, he's, maybe you recognize that He is leading you to help somebody, or maybe He's telling you to pray for somebody. I can tell you there's so many times that I've just felt prompted in my life that there's just a name comes to me, and it's like either I need to give him a phone call or shoot him a text or just talk to him. And really, I, I, thought, I thought, wow, my mind is so great at first, but then I realized that every time that I responded to those promptings, it was actually God prompting me to do something bigger 
than just myself. And for so many of you, you have promptings all the time, but you don't even relate it to what God is doing in your life. You just think that's you. That's actually God in your life. And literally, whenever you start realizing that even some of those small things that God does, maybe, maybe it's just the prompting, all those different small promptings, you realize that you're actually keeping in step with the Spirit. In fact, for so many of us, whenever we battle temptation, we don't even have to battle temptation because I can tell you that when you're so full of God, you don't even crave the emptiness of sin. When you're so full of, of the maker of the universe, when you're so full of God, you don't even want the emptiness of sin. And you understand the verse that you have no obligation to sin, but you have because you have the power of God's Spirit living in you. And now some of you might say, you know what, Noah, Pastor Noah, that's great. Mr. Walk by the Spirit, Pastor Noah, right? It's a great idea. Mr. Memorize stupid Bible stuff, Pastor Noah, right? Uh, <laughs> it's a great idea. But I've got a real life. And I've got a real job. And I've got a real family to take care of. And it just doesn't work like that for me. And what I want you to do is I just want you to do something simple this week. And I, I hope whenever you do this, you'll just realize that God is speaking to you and that he is prompting you. If you're a Jesus follower in here, I want you just to keep track. And I, I just want to challenge you to document. I wonder if you would just write down every time that you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you. Take a week. Take a week. Take, get a little notebook. Or if you've got your iPhone, start a new note-taking page on your iPhone. And every time you feel like God is prompting you on on doing something, would you just take a note of take a note of every time that you sense God prompting you? Just take that note. And can I tell you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be driving to work and you're going to be listening. Maybe you've got WBGL playing on the radio. Maybe you're driving to work and you're listening to Christian radio and you hear that song and you're like, oh my goodness, that just ministered to me. Write it down. Write it down. Write down those little promptings. That was God prompting you. Maybe you were reading your devotional one day and the verses came alive to you. Write that down. It's God prompting you. Maybe you're going to the office and there's that annoying person at work and I know we've all got them that just talks and talks and talks like, like for so long and you just you don't want to get stuck in a conversation with them. And maybe God prompts you, or maybe, hopefully not, but maybe He will prompt you to stop and talk with them, right? And maybe you can realize that that is actually God prompting you to do different things. I wonder if you would just write down different things that the Holy Spirit prompts you to do. And can I tell you, when you start writing those things down, and whenever if you, if you do it for a week, I promise you, you'll be able to look back at that week and realize, wow, God has really been ordaining my steps for me. He's really been showing me where to go. And for so many of us, God is already doing that for us, but we just don't realize it. I just want to challenge you this week that I wonder if you would just do something simple like that and say, you know what? I'm going to take some time and I'm going to write those promptings down and I'm going to realize that God is actually leading me, that the Holy Spirit is actually prompting me. I can tell you this morning that you have no obligation to obey the desires of your flesh. You have absolutely no obligation to obey those desires. You don't have to be held hostage by what's in a bottle. You don't have to wall up and, and shut, your, uh, shut your, uh, your spouse out. You don't have to lie to make yourself feel better. 
You don't have to light up to have a good time, right? You don't have to criticize your husband to make you feel better. You have no obligation to continue to worry about things when the Prince of Peace can renew your mind. That's the truth. We have no obligation to follow what our sinful desire urges us to do. Why? Because of our, because of our key verse here in 1 Corinthians 10.13. Because God is faithful. And He will never ever let us be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide, say it with me, a way out so that you can endure it. That's our good God. That's who He is. How do you get out? Now, how do you get out? What we learned today is that we don't just think, we don't just not think about bad things. We don't just say, you know what, don't, don't think bad, don't think bad, don't think bad, don't think bad. That's not how we do it. Instead, we think about good things. We think about the desires of God. And we ask the Holy Spirit, we say, Holy Spirit, come into my life and lead me. Lead me. Let me take your steps, God. I can tell you that whenever you feed your spirit and you starve your flesh, and when you start relying on the Holy Spirit's power to prompt you, you will be so full of God that you won't even desire the emptiness of sin. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads this morning? For so many of you, you're battling temptation and maybe you're battling it every day. And maybe this morning you wrote down that temptation and you say, I admit that I am powerless over this. And I need help. This morning, I just feel led to pray for you. Let me just pray for those first who are battling temptation. So Father, in the name of Jesus, everyone out here that is battling temptation, Lord, help them to starve their flesh all throughout the week. Help them to be so full of your spirit that they don't even want their fleshly desires. Lord, help them to recognize that the Holy Spirit's power within them is so much greater than anything that they're struggling with. No matter how big or no matter how small, your power is so much bigger and can defeat that temptation any day, every day. I thank you that you're going to give them the power to defeat temptation because we know that we have no obligation to serve any of that temptation. But Lord, let us be so full of you that we don't even want it. This morning, if you're in here and you say, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to have Jesus take Lord of my life so that I can begin this step to get free from these temptations and the sin that is holding me hostage. This morning, you need to know that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He died for your temptations. He died for that sin so that you can be free. And not only did he die, but on the third day, after he was dead, he rose again. And because of that, we can be free from our sin and our temptation. Would you just really quick, if you want to accept Jesus this morning, would you just, on the count of three, raise your hand. Are you ready for it? One, two, three. Hands lifted. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Church, because we believe in this prayer, I'm going to invite everyone just to say this after me. If you say it and you mean it in your heart, then, then the power of the Holy Spirit will come into you. Say this, dear God, thank you 
for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.